1: Everybody and welcome to a brand new spoiler review episode of Ahsoka from the Geek
2: Buddies! my! <laughs> hey, hey, hey. hey! Hey!
1: Oh, but hey, uh. we are up early in the morning to record our review for episode seven here, Dreams and Madness, uh, from, uh, Disney Plus and Ahsoka. Of course, big shout out, the WGA strike is officially over. Shout out to all you writers who watch our show and to all the people who have been supporting the WGA. It is over. You are now allowed to talk about all this stuff, and you're okay. And eventually sag after will hopefully at some point uh, be over as well, and then we can start to see the wonderful people involved in this production doing interviews again and being involved in uh, promoting this stuff, even though we're almost at the end here. But yes, this is Episode 7. We're going to dive into all of this and spoiler review it. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on The Geek Buddies. I'm Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of
0: animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor. Where this afternoon, if you happen to be in Los Angeles, you might be able to find me at Warner Brothers at the Picket.
1: Hey, hey. nice. Uh, make sure you put a lot of sunscreen. Well, then it may, it's not too hot recently, is it, Shannon? So I think you'll it's be... a little. Have it's a seen... little. It's a little overcast. Have you oh, seen yeah, but...
2: Shannon? Have you seen Shannon? Put on sunscreen.
1: Fair enough. You know, I'm you know. gonna wear a hat. Why is why is Anakin is a Force Ghost? Yeah, for sure. We're gonna get into all the stuff that <laughs> happened in this episode. As i just mentioned, we've got Anakin Force Ghosts, we've got C3PO, we've got Leia uh coming in with some uh, chat transcripts. Uh there, we got some sliding the DMs or whatever. We got Hera possibly being court-martialed, and we got a lot of stuff that happens on Paridia that we're gonna get into in this conversation here and have some fun breaking it down. But again, this is a spoiler review, so stop now. If you haven't watched it, go back and watch the episode, and then come and hang out with us. All right, this one from director Gita Vasant Patel, who's done a number of uh, episodes from great television shows over the last few years. So certainly a seasoned uh, TV director here coming in, of course, written by Dave Filoni. But Michael, got to get your thoughts right off the bat. A lot happened here on Peridia. We got the court-martial with hair, as I mentioned, but... The overall feeling seems to be in the ranking for this one. Not quite as high as the previous episodes. What's your overall thoughts on this penultimate episode of Ahsoka?
2: I found this episode frustrating. Oh, no. (laughs) It was uh, getting on my nerves a little bit. (laughs) Um, I think it's gorgeous. Yes. I love an episode that gives me just all-out lightsaber action. And I, I think, look, this show looks great. Mm-hmm. This show looks like Star Wars. It feels like Star Wars. I love, as like a hardcore Clone Wars and Rebels fan, seeing my favorite characters come to life. That is going to get me through the rest of this season, and it will carry me on into whatever Filoni has planned. Like right. I am on board for the ride. That being said, some things in this episode really started to irk me. I feel like sometimes Filoni's storytelling style is let's keep everything super close to the vest. Yes. And at the penultimate episode, we have so many things being held close to the vest that I think this is where the casual Star Wars fan starts to fall off. I don't think Mm. the casual Star Wars fan who didn't necessarily watch Clone Wars and Rebels gets confused that Ahsoka was Anakin's apprentice. That, okay, Ahsoka left the Jedi. Like the big broad strokes... That's all fine, but we've got so many characters not saying things in this episode, and we'll get into details when we get into it, but, like, there's so many things not being said that it's sort of, at this point, you're like, okay, what is everybody doing? Like, I get it, I think, but I think it's really kind of getting to the point where you wanted a little bit more meat on the bone in this episode from a character standpoint, from a storytelling standpoint, from a big plot standpoint, and it just feels like there's more being not said than said for me.
1: Okay, good uh, good analysis there. Uh Shannon, your thoughts overall on what we got out of episode 7 here Dreams and Madness. Yeah, I'm I'm with Vogel on this.
0: I mean, yeah. the the last few episodes, it has been on an upward trajectory. Like every it just keeps getting for me better and better and better. Um and you know, I know there were some some quibbles that some folks had with episode six but overall i was like i was really happy with it this one it's like okay you've got two episodes left where this episode finishes kind of puts us in a semi-worrisome place for me Mm -hmm. um because as as vogel already alluded to um there there's just there's not a whole lot being said there are some kind of about faces in characters that it's like wait what When when did that happen? And individually, there are some great moments. Mm. It's when you put them all together. It's like these don't all kind of go together. And there is, especially with Sabine, there are some frustrating moments. Like, you know, (laughs) instead, like you're you're going to be stranded here forever, and she is just got has her arms back, just enjoying that ride with the no T. I I mean, it's like come on and from from an action standpoint there were a couple of decisions that were made that i was like ah to me this is not the strongest decision
1: but we will get up we will get all into it yeah i will say i i I liked the episode but it's tough to follow up the last few episodes with an episode like this right it's like going to a restaurant you try it out a couple times you're like oh it's actually not bad then you go and you have some really great meals there then You go on like a random Wednesday night, and it's not quite the same experience. You're like, Well, I'm still okay with it, I'll go back to it, but it didn't quite fulfill me as much as I was hoping. I enjoyed some of the interactions here, and I enjoyed some of the actions, uh, the action scenes that were going on in this in this as well. And certainly Balin and Ahsoka going at it was a blast, mm-hmm. and I wish I'd gotten more of that. But I agree with you guys, there was a sense of there was a little bit of an underwhelming sense of it all as you're watching it, and especially Shannon, you point out so well. The Sabine and Ezra conversation like, oh, okay, because you don't want to tell me how you got here. Eh, no big deal. Like, that kind of stuff is like, that that is where it becomes obvious that you are trying to hang this stuff out for a little bit longer so that you can get to that Dave Filoni movie. And I think this is the first episode where I felt like, oh, man, they're just laying the groundwork to get to the movie. Rather than making this an insular series that could also lead to the movie, it now felt like in this episode, that they're laying the groundwork for what we're going to get to there because there's no way they resolve all of this in the next episode and we knew that going in but there's a way to do it where it does not feel like it and i think it felt like it for the first time in this episode for sure um all right well let's get into the specific section so you know the way we like to do the show break it up into sections so we're going to take that in and we're going to spoil stuff so let's get into it here we start out at coruscant Hera is being court-martialed here Hera and Senator Gianno going round and round over her disobeying orders about the mission, about Citos, calling it all a fairy tale. And Thrawn, which I imagine you could make a case that if you're not aware of this stuff, you'd be like, what kind of fantastical madness are you creating here? Uh, But of course, we are aware, so we know. And Thrawn, which he kind of still thinks is a bit of a pipe dream there. Hera mentions the Imperial Remnant, and uh, Jonah sees it as a conspiracy theory that, or Jonah, rather, he sees it as a conspiracy theory that Imperial warlords, are working together, which we know they are, the Imperial Shadow Council. Uh, Carson Teva tries to help by bringing up Moff Gideon, but that kind of blows up in his face because Giono shuts it down, saying that that was a rogue element. Then C-3PO shows up. What do you know? With a data transcript from Leia, Senator Organa, Giono makes a crack at C-3PO being a droid, which almost makes Chopper throw hands. The transcript <laughs> states that Senator Organa Bursley sanctioned the mission and forgives Giono, a little gaslighting here, having a vote without her as a leader of the defense council and when she throws rank in the transcript that kind of shuts Jono down Hera is found not guilty or essentially she's fine and then later Mon Mothma uh walks up to her and wants to know how real the threat of Thrawn is and she assures her that it's very real that you should prepare for the worst hope for the best but prepare for the worst Mike interesting beginning Coruscant being established here as uh the senate as the main location here we know it changes to Hosnian prime later on in the sequel trilogy, so what are your thoughts on this opening here with the court marshalling c-3po leia and uh and jonah
2: it was fine it was a good way to sort of wrap things up with the with the Ziono Ziono arc and like kind of it was fine mm-hmm. but like it was to me like a, like a, even in this scene i kind of had like a hmm, okay and i think it's because like a couple things one when he's like oh space whales jedi magic this sounds like a fairy tale and i'm like there was giant Republic cruisers that got out of the way of the space whales. Like parts of this story are confirmed. And it's one of those moments that as a writer, I want somebody else to like step up. Like I would have loved to see more than just Zeono and Mon Mothma and Hera. There's a bunch of people in the room. And this was a great opportunity to sort of see that it's all fractured. Some people are like, hey, I believe in the Jedi. And some people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, it was just, it would have been a great opportunity to sort of throw the fact that somebody was like, guys, the space whales were real. Maybe Thrawn's real too. Like, it would have just added to the complications. And it just felt like it was all pretty, like, he's like, this is all fake. And I'm like, yeah, some of it's not. Like, what's going on here? Um, Chopper throwing hands was great. I will, Chopper can, Chopper can literally be a little, Astromech bitch for the rest of the history of Star Wars until I'm dead, and I will defend him till the last days of my life. I love <laughs> I love that little droid. He's he's my second favorite after R2, but it's mm. a close second, and the more that he spouts off, the better it gets. Now, speaking of droids, this C3PO moment really irked me. I was thrilled to see C3PO. Right. I love C3PO. He can show up always. But the way in which everybody responded to C3PO. Really just made me roll my eyes like C-3PO walked in and the music swelled and everything like, 3PO, 3PO, it's C-3PO. Nobody has ever treated C-3PO that way in nine movies. C-3PO is like your nutty (laughs) college professor that you're like Mm -hmm. will this guy ever shut up and i think using him as sort of the proxy for leia because obviously we're not gonna have carrie fisher walk in there like using c-3po as the proxy for leia great having leia kind of pull rank and say no no i totally sanctioned this when she didn't great and it all worked except for the fact that everyone's like oh my gosh it's c-3po and i was like what yeah that that was the c3po moment all on its own made me go "Eh, got a bad feeling about this (laughs) i was like i don't know so it was like i I think that everything that happened was the right stuff to happen to set up what goes forward Hmm. could it have happened in a more interesting more eloquent way sure yeah Yeah.
1: I I agree with you on the 3PO. I thought it was weird the way it was in the The 3PO. Oh my God, 3PO. Good points, Mike. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts here on this opening scene, court martial scene here with Hera and everything that was going on here, kind of establishing what we imagine will be part of the overall movie when we get Filoni's movie as well. What did you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this this was a loose thread that is no longer loose now. Like, like mm-hmm. what happened? What happened to Hera? What happened to Hera and Carson Teva? So I thought, you know, the the purpose of the scene was good. Um, for someone who's not been a fan of Mary Elizabeth Winsteads throughout the series, I actually liked her in this in this scene. Oh. Um. Oh yeah, I say, I'll say it <laughs> right,
1: again. This, right this time. Goes
0: <laughs> <out>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did enjoy her in in this particular scene. I thought I thought the interaction was good. Um, I do agree with Vogel. Like you have an an, an entire council there, um, yeah. and I don't think any scene has never been unimproved by having a Calamari speak. Yeah. Um, you know, we had Admiral Akbar. We have Admiral Muradus. I'm like, there's one right there. Give him a line. Let him say something. And there was another one of the senators um who who was in the earlier scene with yeah, my yeah. from a previous episode who did speak and it's like let this let this be a debate because it seems very very one-sided right now um the whole 3po thing it, it, it from the beginning when 3po says i don't have to show you my identification I'm like that ain't 3po was <laughs> not the one to stand up like that um so i i, I thought that was unusual um and the fact that, like, Mon Mothma recognizes and Hera recognizes him. Like, I don't remember from Rebels if they ever met. I mean, again, it's sort of like, ah, okay, maybe I met in the past. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, I, I get that you wanted, you wanted to have a legacy character in there. 3PO was a nice fit. It was just sort of the way it was executed that that was a little wonky. And now, even with Mon Mothma, I mean, tonally, she does have this shift where she's just like, look, don't deny that you have that you don't have personal feelings with this, but how, how real is this? Does Hera really know? I mean, when she's like, you know, we, we better be ready. It's like,
2: does, does she know? I mean, okay. Okay, but In her defense, she does say, let's plan for the, like, let's hope for the best and plan for the worst, which in any situation is probably the best way to handle it.
0: (laughs) Sure. Sure. It just, I I feel like there was a stronger way to go out on that scene.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. I I thought the scene initially started. I was like, great, this is going to be awesome. We're going to have some battle back and forth. And it's going to help Mon Mothma shine because Genevieve O'Reilly has really had a thankless role in this entire series, just showing up, saying a couple things, back and forth. But uh, able to mediate these different points of views going on at the same time, I think would have elevated her. And we know from Bloodlines that her and Leia don't necessarily have the best relationship at times there are... Uh, cross purposes and different agendas, and so it would have been nice to see her have a little bit more of a, a frustrating reaction to the Leia Organa thing when she's having the back and forth with Hera privately on the side when they're having the little caucus there. There could have been something more. So it, you know, there was a chance to give more layers and levels to make her a much well, more nuanced character, and I thought they kind of dropped the ball there. I agree with you guys on three PO. I thought it was great to see him, but right, Shannon, immediately I was like, wait, he wouldn't be like. I'm not, he would be like, here's 900 pieces of ID. It's totally me. He would totally like, adhere to everything. And then give the transcript. I do like that Leia pushed the boundaries mm-hmm. a little bit, but this is gaslighting. She essentially gaslighted Jonah, which just gaslighting for the side that we're on. So it's an interesting thing to watch and you you can't ignore the symbolism of what I think Baloney is trying to say about a certain somebody coming back and ruining things. I mean, you can't ignore the real world connection there. So To me, that I think the scene worked on those kind of subtle levels, but they kind of messed up, I think, overall in what they were trying to establish here, and really missed an opportunity to give more of the danger and fear of Thrawn pulsating throughout that whole uh, uh, back and forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike, you were going to say something. Sorry, I cut you off.
2: No, I just I think you were absolutely right about. I mean, the layup the layup bit coming in is great, but you know we've seen Genevieve O'Reilly just do fucking amazing work yeah. on the Andor yeah, and the subtlety of performance that she has. And if you had had other people in the room voicing opinions and it all got kind of wild yeah, he did. and yeah, yeah, she yeah. navigated all that to sort of get to a place, I think that would have been really interesting and would have like, oh, that, that's why Mon Mothma's Mon Mothma, where you're right. I do think yeah. what she's done in the Ahsoka has been a little bit thankless, particularly compared to the amazing work she's done on Andor. So I just yeah. was going to say that I thought you made a really good point.
1: No, thank you. Uh, Real quick question. I want to ask you guys two things. One, this establishes that this is happening after Mandalorian Season 3. So in the timeline, because of the Battle of Mandalore and the reference to Moff Gideon. The second thing is, what do you think this scene is trying to establish for this current state of Star Wars here right now, timeline-wise? What do you think they had this scene for overall?
2: I think, I mean, I think in general... And yeah. this kind of ties into the Heir to the Empire books. It also ties into basically what has been written about the rise of the First Order is that there are a lot of people that don't want to face the idea that the Empire could come back because they just don't want to. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't, you, things are fine. We've been through the shit. Everything is good now. Let's not rock the boat. So you have those people. And then you have a lot of people who are going to say hey the em- I mean to you to use the nazi analogy the empire was bad but the trains ran on time <laughs> the new republic is kind of a mess so i think you're just it's the continuation of what we've seen in mandalore i think they run a danger of like let's not make the new republic look too incompetent right i think you can show the new republic struggling because democracy is hard uh and I think you can show them struggling without showing them being like, you know, uh bumbling. And yeah. I think some of Mandalorian season 3 sort of rode that line a little bit. I think Ahsoka's handling it a bit better, but it's going to be interesting to see where it goes.
1: Okay. Uh, any what do you think the scene is supposed to establish overall into the overall I mean, Star Wars timeline?
0: Well, I think it's I think it's just setting the stage for this movie in, okay. in terms of the fact that, you know, you have you have these uh imperial remnants that people some people are aware of. Some people don't yeah. don't want to talk about. Some people might be on their side that we don't know yet. I mean, right. I yeah. can certainly see Senator Ziono making Please. the leap to the big screen and and possibly being one of those officers of the imperial uh, of the imperial remnants. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's more just c- kind of connecting all the dots. Yeah. Which I imagine Skeleton Crew will be one of the last dots that gets connected. Good point. Before they jump to the big screen.
2: I mean, yeah. really quick on Ziono yep. I mean, from what we know from Star Wars uh, Resistance, yeah, uh, he's. I don't think he is, not also the uh, just um. Oh, what Governor Failia in heir to the Empire? I think they're setting him up to be that. I think he's a dick. Mm-hmm. I think he's a self-serving asshole. I think he wants power, but I think he's ultimately going to be the red herring that they're going to set him up to be like, oh, is this guy working for the Empire? And he's actually not. And someone who is much more uh, seemingly sweet and nice is actually going to be the imperial spy of the New Republic. But we'll see. Could be interesting.
1: All right, let's uh, take a quick break and we'll jump into the second section of the show uh, right after this.
2: Still early. Still <laughs> early.
1: All right, let's go to the second section here. We're inside of a Pergil. Ahsoka is training with a recorded Anakin video. Welcome back there, Hayden Christensen. Apparently, he left her 20 of these, you know, just in case. Uh, Hu Yang walks in to tell her the pergule are slowing down, so they're close to their destination. They exit hyperspace, which looks awesome. I mean, the special effects here are just incredible but they exit into an imperial minefield which of course you remember from the last episode that Thrawn wanted Morgan to handle this they head through it fight off other fighters in a debris field which is uncomfortably the bones of a bergol uh back on priya more cargo is being loaded here into the ship into Thrawn's ship Enoch tells Thrawn that Ahsoka is here Morgan then shows up gives uh Thrawn all the info on Ahsoka from the inquisitorial database which is a record of order 66 survivors maintained by darth vader's inquisitors and sees that anakin was her master this uh, this makes him adjust his plans for ahsoka he orders enoch to withdraw the fighter saying ahsoka might be like her master full of surprises Morgan questions his decision again. Then Thrawn tells her she has a plan to guide Ahsoka to a path they choose. They want to guide her, make it think it's her choice, but guide her to a path they choose so they can stay one step ahead of her. Ahsoka and Hu Yang notice the fighter's pulling back at this point. Ahsoka figures out that Thrawn is behind it. Then we cut to Sabine and Ezra. Uh, hanging out with the Naughty, riding with the Naughty here, the Naughty, sorry. Sabine is updating him on all the galactic events, where Zeb is, where the ghost crew is. Sabine says Endor was the place where the Empire fell, which is interesting because we know in Chuck Wendig's aftermath that the Empire Empire fell a year later uh, in the Battle of uh, Jakku. Uh, She still won't tell him how she found him. She still won't tell him. Ezra's got all kinds of questions, but they're just chilling. He wants to know if Ahsoka is coming, and Sabine won't tell him. Then Balin Shin, the commandos, right up on the Howlers to watch them. We go back to Thrawn. The Great Mothers show up. He says, find me Ahsoka. Back on Ahsoka's ship, she uses the Force to find Sabine because Hu Yang's couldn't find her. Sabine senses Ahsoka while she's riding with Ezra there. They have a Padawan bond now, apparently. Just to, And then they, she gets found just as the Great Mothers find Ahsoka. Thrawn sends Enoch uh, on, to fighters. I'm oh, sorry. Thrawn tells Enoch to send the fighters in to open fire on Ahsoka. As she takes off to find Sabine, then, Thrall's pull, then Thrawn pulls the fighters back because he knows they're going after Sabine, and that's where we can stop this section here. So, Shannon, a lot here in terms of action and, and going on here with the Pergil and Ahsoka and the ship and the, all the things that are going on there, but also Thrawn showing what we were asking about last episode, some of his uh, military tactical ability and uh, knowledge of his opponent and how to counter that knowledge and make it work for him. What did you think of this whole section with Sabine and Ezra as well? Again, great to see
0: Hayden Christensen back. I mean, yes. the, the whole idea of these these recordings, um, this is a really, really great way to include him in future plans, at least in this sort of yeah. Ahsoka Mandalorian era of Star Wars that we're getting. And again, you can really, in my opinion, you can really tell that he studied the Clone Wars animated series. And I feel like he's taking a lot of cues off of uh, the voice actor's performance. Cause it mm. just he just sounds he just sounds and he looks and he looks great. Um, you know, the, the, uh, there's a thing that, uh, that, that the actors in the original trilogy really mastered and it's acting in those cockpits. Um, Harrison mm. Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Billy D. Williams. Um, there, there is just a way that they made it seem so real. And David Tennant, even though we don't see him, we only hear him. David Tennant does the same thing. Mm. I mean, as you see the, the ship coming out of the pergola the Purgle's mouth. Um, there's just a panic that you get, and it's so much fun. Um, I don't think Rosario Dawson is quite there, but their, inner, their exchange is back and forth when he says, well, at least the whales are giving us some cover, uh, and then you see them start to take off. I was like, <laughs> okay, that's 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 really fun. That's really, really funny. Um, Back to Thrawn, getting to see sort of this tactical genius that he is um this was something that i understood when people were like we didn't really get to see that last week you do get to see more of that this week and i think this is sort of the apex of it like it looks real like he's just so he's so matter of fact he's so emotionless with everything it's like okay her master was anakin skywalker OK, yeah, call off a fighter like this is what we're going to do. Like we have to, we have to give her the illusion that she's making these choices like mm. that is just that's just fun thrown to watch Um, going down <laughs> onto the planet again. This is and again, this has nothing to do with the performances of the actors. This is this is the writing Um, where it's just like it, it, there is just such a lack of urgency, <laughs> <laughs> on Sabine's part, that we're just hanging out in this caravan of little of little crab hobbits, just you know, driving really slowly. Um, I do like um Eamon Esfandi's Ezra. Uh, yeah. I, I think of all of the main cast, I feel like this is this is the guy leaping off the animated screen on mm-hmm. onto live action. Oh, I what? think all of his delivery, I think, is 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 pretty is pretty spot on. I, I, I really, really liked it. Um, to Balin and Shin, Balin's, this is another writing thing that I'm kind of like, wait, what? When he's like, hey, call Thrawn, kill them, you're going to be able to take your place with the Empire, with this, this new Empire. And he's like, you're not going to help? And he's like, no, you you clearly yeah. want to go one way, I want to go another. Did I, did I skip ahead, John? Yeah, you're jumping ahead. Oh, okay, but, sorry.
1: sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we get to that whoa. next. Oh, oh, sorry. Whoa! Oh, oh. Slow your howler down. All right. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to Sorry. it. Sorry. I got thoughts. <laughs> anything more on anything here, Shannon? Are you good? No, uh, no, no. I think okay. that's it. <laughs> okay. Bog, what are your thoughts on all this stuff that we got here in this section of this episode?
2: Yeah. You know, okay. So, look, I love the Hayden Christensen uh, training scene with Ahsoka. Like, I agree with everything Shannon said. I think Hayden Christensen is channeling this sort of amalgamation of Anakin. And if this is who Anakin is now forevermore in Star Wars, as we look back on him, I like that a lot more than whiny Anakin from the prequels. So I am <laughs> on board hearing Hayden Christensen saying, uh, Asajj Ventress, Grievous, Dooku, you know, just like, it just was like, yeah, man, this is, this is my animated guy come to life. I dug it. I do think there's this thing. And I've talked to a lot of people like the Ahsoka journey. Like she does have that moment with who Yang where they're talking about the hollow and she goes, and he was like yeah. he was a great master and she goes he was a great master and you do get in her performance this sort of like she's finally accepted that she can enjoy the parts of anakin that were great right. and move past and, and i and i get the subtlety of that but i think for a lot of people like between what happened in her whole force journey mm. to now and the specter of you were trained by the guy that became darth vader I just feel like there's a bigger conversation to be had that we're sort of just like, okay, so Ahsoka worked through some stuff. And I just, I feel like I'm craving more of a, let's talk about this. Like, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's get into this. And again, you might be right. There might be things where like, we're really saving some stuff for the movie. And like, mm-hmm. if that's the case, it's like, I I'm never a fan of that. I'm like, dive in, tell this, let's get into the meat and yeah. that will lead to better meat for the movie. Um, I do like that we got a little bit more of Thrawn as the uh, master strategist. Mm. That being said, his plan was basically like, ships chased Ahsoka into the belt. And he said, okay, leave her there. Let's see what she does. Let's have her make her own choices. (laughs) Her choices would have been to go to Sabine. And then he all of a sudden is like, hey, let's find where Ahsoka is and chase her. Yeah, And I was like, well... Okay, that's what you were doing. I don't know what this pause was about, but cool. But I like that they were going for it. I just kind of questioned the plan a little bit. And then, yeah, we get to Ezra and Sabine, and man. Uh, last week when Sabine showed up and he was like, oh my God, how did you get here? How are we getting home? What's going on? And she was like, I, I don't want to talk about it. It irked me, but I was like, all right, let's see what they do. Yeah, And to follow that up with a scene where she's like, all right, so like Zeb, great, Hera, great. So how did you get here? How are we getting home? And she's like, yeah, can we not? And I'm like, why would we not? Like, what is going on? Where are the naughty going? What are their goals and plans here? Like, somebody pointed out on Twitter, which I think is cool that Ezra's sort of chainmail necklace is made up of Stormtrooper dog tags. Yes. So he's clearly been doing some shit, but like, Thrawn is about to return. He's got a giant hyperdrive. Ezra's like, I would like to go home. Where's this, where's that? And like, you know, there's a lot going on. Like, obviously Sabine thought Ahsoka was dead. Yeah. She also knows they had this entire discussion where Ahsoka was like maybe it's not worth it to go rescue Ezra. Let's leave him there so that Thrawn can't come back, which we'll get to that later when Ahsoka reunites with Ezra, but like yeah. and and there's a lot of things left unsaid here, let alone that we still don't know why Sabine and Ahsoka split up the first time that they were training and there's just so much. And yeah, Shannon's right. And Sabine is just like chilling, having a good time. And I get that. She's really excited to see Ezra again, but it's like, this is the second to last episode. We need some fucking momentum here. And this like slow caravan of, of baby turtles (laughs) is just not the vibe that we're going for. And I just think that with it, it would have been way more interesting to watch her, I mean, I think what they are saving is that I think Ezra will be upset when he finds out that Sabine sort of risked Thrawn coming back to come rescue him when he sacrificed everything to get rid of Thrawn. Right. But again, it just seems like they're kicking that down the curb for next week or for later on. And I'm like, no, let's dive in here. Let's get to this. And the fact yeah. that they didn't just drove me crazy.
1: Yeah, I think I know. I, I I do agree with you, Michael. The, the the lack of urgency in in these scenes, I think for me was starting to irk me as well as you said we're on the penultimate episode so we need to have some you know um some uh pushing energy towards things and some uh raising of the stakes and having thrawn go i'm just gonna kick it here and kick it here and kick it there it's like what what are you doing and you get it later of course he's oh, buying time or whatever they tried to co uh retcon these decisions to do but it was frustrating to see him kind of just playing games with him with, uh, with Ahsoka, and it didn't make any sense. And know, Enoch's like, what are we doing now? Okay, fine, yeah, we'll just pull back. I can only see the troopers if they're actual troopers and not Dark Magic being like, what's he want to do now? Wait, we, you, you just told us to go out? All right, fine, yes. Fine, we'll pull back and keep waiting. This guy, you know, this kind of stuff. So it just gets a little muddled. But I will say this. I loved the Anakin stuff. I agree with Shannon. Mm-hmm. If this is the way to keep him around, this is a great way to keep him around. But there's a danger with this. And that is... We still have to reckon that that guy became the guy we saw in uh, Attack of the. Clo- oh no! In the uh, in the last one uh, what was it Rise Revenge of the Sith. Sith? But what is it? Revenge, Revenge of the Sith. Sith. Right. That right. we saw in the last uh, prequel trilogy movie, and that it doesn't line up. So I see because and I'm gonna make this comparison. I see a lot of Star Trek fans who love Strange New Worlds going, "Yeah, but then we go into the original series, and Uhura becomes just basically Kirk's assistant." And it's not kind of congruent with what we're establishing. So I can understand that. So when we're falling in love with this Clone Wars Anakin through Hayden Christensen's interpretation of it, it's great, but we still have to reconcile with what he becomes in Revenge of the Sith. And it's starting to feel incongruent. And I think that's, for me, what came through was, man, I wish they could reshoot those movies all over again with Hayden Christensen now and you and now and Natalie now. I think it would be so much more interesting to see it in the hands of Filoni and in the hands of Fabro whoever else they want to get to direct. So that's what struck me. But I like the idea that she's coming to terms with it. But Michael, you're right. Trauma takes time to come to terms <laughs> with. Even when you have closure, there's still stuff that hangs around. And Hu Yang could have served that purpose, could have served the purpose to question her, to go back and forth with her. You've established that relationship that he takes no shit and accepts no bullshit so there could have been a harder edge conversation in that cockpit between the both of them about the Anakin situation. But this is where Disney rears his head sometimes. and just wants to go. Let's move past this stuff. Let's well, move I don't think it's stuff. Disney. Really? Because that happens no. in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. Racism. But let's all hug afterwards. You know, it, I don't it, think there's I, a, I think, there's I think this whole
2: like I, I think that, yeah, Andor. Yeah, right. Like, that's, well, the, but that's
1: the reason why people think it's a rarity because it r- really happens. But what I'm
2: saying is I don't think that this is Disney saying, hey, if Dave Filoni, let's keep like this is a Filoni storytelling thing. Like it is a let's keep this close to the vest. Like mm. le- like I don't think Dave Filoni wanted to have this big heart to heart with Hu Yang where Ahsoka really talked about dealing with the trauma of like my master became Vader and Disney was like, whoa, 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 let's cool it. I mean, from you everything I've don't heard, don't think
1: that would happen in a board. You've been in those meetings. You think, yeah, but would, from everything like, that like, I've you? heard,
2: Marvel and Disney, like Kathleen Kennedy and uh, and Kevin Feige, like no there one on some, some executive boardroom is telling them what to put in their scripts.
1: <laughs> fair point. Fair point.
2: All right, well, just you know,
1: just some speculation from what I was getting from that, but we do get more here with Thrawn. So I like seeing more of his uh, 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 tac- tactical maneuvers. Although it's a bit weird whether he's going back and forth when it. But yeah, the Sabine and Ezra thing was so weird to me. She's got her legs up, like she's just riding to the 7-Eleven to get a Slurpee. Like I, I don't it makes no sense to me. There should be much more of a pressing conversation well, happening. And, and yet- even
2: if she doesn't, even if she doesn't want to talk about Ahsoka's gone and yeah, I yeah. I joined up with the bad guys, like at the very least, hey, the bad guys have a ship that can get us home. Right, right, right. And they're probably leaving soon we should sneak on that thing and get yes. back. Like, yeah, at right. the very least, it's like, okay, you don't want to tell him everything, cool. Right. But, like, do you think you're just going to chill with Ezra on this planet and, like, live in a giant roly-poly? Like, what, what's right. the plan? Like, so at the very least, there needs to be a... Hey, I can't explain everything to you, and we're gonna get into this later. But like, we've got one shot because she doesn't know that Ahsoka's coming. She right. doesn't know. So she's like, we got one shot to get out of here. This is what it is. Like that would have been logical. Yeah. yeah, and
1: if nothing else, at least have a conversation when you're ask, uh, where you're asking Ezra about what's been going on with you for the last five years on this planet how or seven years however long it's been how did you escape from Thrawn? how well, did that work with Thrawn? all that kind of stuff there was more conversation to be had to fill in the gaps here that would have been much more interesting for the viewer to see and if they're holding that close to the vest, i agree i think this did a disservice to this
2: scene well, completely yeah and just to, from a you're really from a, standpoint, standpoint, but but from a writing totally standpoint but from a writing standpoint you're, you're right. Down, right it's like it's a really easy thing to say, okay, Sabine doesn't want to talk about what happened to Ahsoka and what went down. So when Ezra's like, yeah. okay, so like, look, you you had some rest, you hung out, tell me what's going on. And, sh- right. and sh- you can see she doesn't want to say it. And she goes, Well, tell me what's going on with you what have you been doing like she if she deflected and then ezra was like oh okay yeah i've been killing stormtroopers and thrawn's been an asshole but these guys like then we would have gotten some information that i think people want to know so again there's just this whole like let's not talk a scene where both people are like let's not talk okay yeah yeah not not a real great scene
1: no it was it was it wasn't and it was frustrating because you because i like those kinds of scenes where you're kind of talking and revealing stuff and you know you're at, at at odds and ends about certain things and what, we, what it leads to is what we see at the end of the episode is everyone's just fine with, with what Sabine did for now. So we'll see what this all how this all plays out. Or if there's no conflict. And if there's no conflict about this, then I'm going to stick to my Disney point. But listen, this other thing that this established here is that um, uh, Thrawn finding out that Anakin is Ahsoka's master, that's a big deal because that kind of connects up to Thrawn alliances where it's talking about how uh, the Empire was impressed by Thrawn because Thrawn has interactions with Anakin So he knows Anakin. So that's kind of a way to establish that, make it semi-canon as well, which I I liked having. And also having Anakin mention Dooku Asajj Ventress and Grievous in that uh, video, I thought was really great to hear Asajj Ventress mentioned more overtly in live action, I think was nice to see uh, as part of this section as well. But yeah, man, shit's happening. Hanging out with the naughty is not the way to go for God's sakes, but let's take a quick break and we're going to jump into the last section here of the show right after this. Do 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 do. You gotta get the things. You gotta get the.
0: Oh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, go to, I'll go to Amazon right now. Yeah, just order right now.
1: The- <laughs> <laughs> real quick. All right, anyway, let's. I mean, in Shin to contact Thrawn and kill Ezra and Sabine. He won't help because his path lies elsewhere, which was what Shannon was referencing. And I'm like, and I guess they're separating now. He imparts one final lesson to Shin about the dangers of impatience leading to a loss and not a victory. Thrawn dispatches two gunships, thinking Balin is a part of the attack here. Uh, The Nomads and Shin attack, and we've got a Western shootout with a wagon train being attacked by bandits. (laughs) Ezra orders the Nazi to circle up, circle the wagons. As Ahsoka heads straight to them. Shin rides up, and they all approach now. And here we go. Sabine and Ezra ready for battle. That was a pretty awesome moment. They're standing side by side. I thought two lightsabers were gonna possibly be, or some kind of weapon was d- double weapons were gonna be shown. Eh, we didn't get that ex- exactly. Ahsoka has Hu get her close on the ship to the sh- uh, close on the ship. She jumps out, ready to join the battle, and is met by Balin. And now we have a samurai film amongst this uh western film here for Alfred he even has a classic samurai feel to it notice the cloth shoes that's on purpose back to sabine and ezra ezra won't take the lightsaber that is being offered to him by a sabine and he's like i'm gonna use the force and now everybody is kung fu fighting shin battles ezra as sabine takes out the rest of the nomads shin looks outnumbered but then the ships of the troopers are spotted Balin and ahsoka continue their battle she gets the better of him right thanks who thanks to Huyang, yang and then rides off on a howler Balin seems to have multiple thoughts here at once, which is very interesting. Shin and Sabine battle as the ships uh, uh, land, looking like something out of the Clone Wars. The troopers jump out as Thrawn gives direction, but notices Balin is not among the fighters. Sabine and Ezra get surrounded by the troopers, and as Ezra apparently wants to talk, Ahsoka rides in, turns the tide of the battle. Ezra finally picks up a weapon. Thrawn pulls the gunships, accepts the losses because they are almost done loading the cargo. He sees it as a success because Ahsoka's lost time and he's gotten his cargo loaded and he's ready to leave. Ahsoka asks Shin to surrender her weapon after they've taken out all the nomads and Shin to stand there alone and offers to help her, but she rejects it and uh, Ahsoka stops Sabine and Ezra from going after her and Shin rides off. Sabina and Ahsoka have a reuniting moment. Uh, apparently everything's fine. Ahsoka and Ezra embrace And then Hu Yang shows up to pick him up. The Naughty come out and Ezra says, he's getting a feeling that he might be going home after all. And the episode ends. So Mikey, a lot of action in this section for sure, but also establishing some interesting decisions by Thrawn, by Ahsoka, by Balin, and then by Shin at the end. And then uh, Ezra telling us that he thinks he's heading home. Your thoughts here on this uh, finale
2: of this episode? Um. You know, I think, again, everything that happened was more or less like this was fine. But I'm just at this point, I'm craving more. Like when Ahsoka Mm. faces off with Balin, I'm craving a what are you even doing here from Ahsoka? Like, what Mm. is your plan? Like I like like them having this whole like battle of the masters is cool. But like at this point. Balin being like you're more resourceful than I thought. it's pretty impressive that you're here and she being like, what are you even doing here? I my vibe like I, my sense is that you're not like there's just this is the mm. point we got one episode left and I you want that last episode to just be balls to the wall like let's set the stage. I mean you think about Game of Thrones when it was good yeah. and how like those penultimate episodes were like this is where all the shit went and then mm-hmm. the last episode was just like let's go 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 and again it was just sort of like they fought and it looked really great but then she like took off and Balin stared at her and thought a lot of things and i would have liked yeah. to have heard what he was thinking yeah. i would have been like that would have been nice um and then just backing up a little bit kind of similar with him and shin so all of a sudden he's like yep our paths are different you go with thrawn i'm gonna go follow my bliss yeah and if that's the moment where this is going to happen, cool. But Shin, who has not said a lot for most of the episode, she just glares at people very seriously. Yeah, like this is a moment where I want to see her break. I want to see her be like, "Whoa, whoa, no!" Like you're, you're. I, I'm not ready for this. I'm not. Yeah. like like and have her protest or something so like again there's just there's all of these character things that i feel are being trampled down in favor of long looks and music swells but i'm like no 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 that was cool for the first three episodes like give it to me now like i want to see what like what this is and it's just we still don't get it um the the Ezra Sabine lightsaber moment i think was cute i think they kind of missed the ball on it a little bit mm-hmm. like i think her kind of handing him the lightsaber and him being like i don't need it and she was like oh no i don't know what i'm doing with this and he's like listen i learned something new then you want to see him jump into the fray and just go absolutely badass with the force. Yeah, And that didn't quite happen. It's like a directing thing. It's like he was like, no, like they had a little quippy banter. And then he ran and you saw him sort of using the force and also just kind of fighting. Yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. If we're going to show that Ezra has mastered like force foo, let's really do it. She's like, hey, you need the lightsaber. He's like, trust me. I don't. And then he jumps in and is like, and then she's like, okay, I guess you don't need the lightsaber. Like, you know, there was just a way to make that moment land a lot stronger. Um, And then, yeah, look, Ahsoka coming in, great. The Shin Hati moment, I I like that Ahsoka was like, let me help you. Come Mm -hmm. with me. We have a lot of people just running off you know, she, Ahsoka runs off from Balin, Shin runs off from Ahsoka. You're like, okay, like that's one way to wrap up the fight. But like we'll see where that whole that whole bit with Shin goes. Like, I'm intrigued. She was just ditched by her master. Ahsoka held out a hand. She's kind of a wild card. So again, where we end up with things, I have no beef with. Like yeah. I think this is where we're going, this is what these characters are doing. The way we get it and the lack of kind of character context is what I don't like. And then Again, I think we're just holding back on it, but I I believe that Ahsoka would be thrilled to see Ezra. Yeah. I I believe that she would be thrilled, but she also did say a couple episodes ago, we should leave him there if it's going to keep Thrawn away. And now they're all together and Thrawn is about to head back and Ezra's here and it's like... As much as I want to see happy Ahsoka, and we've talked about happy Ahsoka versus dour Ahsoka, you kind of want, I'm really happy to see you, Ezra, but at what price? Mm. Instead of this joyful, let's all hug, and Sabine is happy Ahsoka's alive. Like Again, Sabine would be happy Ahsoka's alive. Ahsoka would be happy to see Ezra. But there is so much that has been said leading up to this about... What the right choice, what the wrong choice. Sabine did the exact opposite of what Ahsoka said. Right. You know, like there was there's so much baggage. And I feel like with these scenes, we just leaned on, hey, isn't it great to see the gang back together when there's like a lot of meat there that we're just sort of like leaving on the table yeah I don't disagree with you there
1: uh Shannon your thoughts overall on these final sections the action sequences of course which you're very well uh versed in talking about and the emotional stuff going on the decisions by Balin and uh, Shin Hati and Ahsoka in these moments so I'm gonna echo a lot of what Vogel said mm-hmm. but I did have those thoughts remember I tried to jump in
0: you stopped me Johnny yeah. um, <laughs> <with> me. <laughs> so the whole Balin Shin thing where he says you know you when you know you clearly want to go someplace else my path leads someplace else Shen has never <laughs> shown at all. She's had a, an uneasiness yeah. with Thrawn. like really, she said in the last episode. Like, really, you think you're going to find whatever we're looking for out here in the wasteland with Thrawn? She has an even more uh, a, a, a more uh, uh, more uneasiness with, with uh, the Great Mothers. Yeah. Like, oh, she yeah, she, mother, yeah. she doesn't she's not on board with this. So the fact that Balin suddenly says like, "Hey, you go do this. I'm going this way." That just doesn't track now now leading up to it if shin had said like she is all about like you know having a place in this new world then it would make a little more sense she would be the one to to maybe break that agreement Mm -hmm. with sabine and not Balin. so it again character wise it just doesn't the logic just isn't there um the chase was a lot of fun like Mm -hmm. i thought I, i thought this is a lot of fun the moment that sabine says you know they're peaceful people that's fine you didn't mention like utterly defenseless right. like again that's a fun that's a fun star wars moment when they circle the wagons i do agree with vogel like i think as fans yes we all want to see ezra wield that lightsaber but there's also the other you can go the other direction they just didn't they didn't choose one yeah. when she's trying to give him his lightsaber he could say i haven't touched that in 10 years right. i don't know what i'm doing and and so when he says you know i don't need i don't need that i don't need the blaster my ally is the force later when the stormtroopers come in and then you see him pick up a blaster it's like yeah but i uh, you said your ally was the force and again <laughs> this is okay but then you have to you have to have him reference it like yeah. if there's well, a blaster be, shot
2: or has to Wait, be no go... hold, on,
0: hold on hold on oh sorry no sorry, sorry. No, no hold on <laughs> yeah. if there's a blaster shot right by him and then he takes it and fires back and wins then he's like Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I do need this. Like you have yeah. to have, yeah. you have to have that acknowledgement because right now it's just, it's just a little wishy washy. And as what Vogel said with the force, like I think we all sort of anticipated that he was going to be just a beast. And yeah. it was a lot of what you see in, in uh, Jedi survivor. It's a lot of kind of pushing punch here. You know, it's, it's just nothing. It's nothing that big. Um, you know, fun when Sabine takes the lightsaber out. Again, it just didn't make sense that she has three, three weapons. He has none. Mm -hmm. Um, the Balin Ahsoka fight, um, you know, he get, they get to a point where he says, you know, like, you know, you can't defeat me. Like, why do you, why do you think that? Like, what, what has been established at this point? Because their last fight, the reason that he was able to get one up on her is because she grabbed the map and she hurt her hand. Like that is essentially... That is essentially what happens. So why is he so confident right now? That's just stuff that we don't know. Now, I agree, like going back just a second, like with Thrawn, the whole idea that he's just like, hey, let her go. Like, let's, let's reserve, let's reserve our resources. All right, the witches tell me where she is, let's fire. Um, there is a moment when he realizes that Balin isn't with with the his uh, his night troopers, and is and he's sort of like, well, these are acceptable losses. Uh, that seem that seems uncertain. Now we know that eventually he's like, well, the cargo's almost done. The thing that we I think as audience members we love about Thrawn is his he's one step of he- he's one step ahead the whole time. If the whole reason for like, all right, let's let's let Ahsoka feel good now. Let's fire. Let's make sure she goes this way is to buy time. Then that needed to be his ultimate plan the whole time. It's like, all right, we got her far away. There needed to be some sort of uh, some sort of uh, notification from Captain Enoch or another trooper saying, "Hey, the cargo is loaded." Yeah. Like, great. That's that is what we needed to do. We needed yeah. to distract them long enough to give us enough time to get out of here.
1: Right. The um, Morgan could be like, "Wait, what are you doing? What are you going? What's going on?" And then he just explains it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like right that. Point. That yeah. just would have made a little more sense. The yeah. Shin um, Ezra moment this was a great production thing here. When she tries to hit him with the lightsaber and he uses the force and you see the actual light blade affected by his, like that was a great, that was awesome. And that's, I think more of, we wanted to see more stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, The moment that Shin takes off and Ahsoka says, don't go after her. It's like, why? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the bad guy. (laughs) Get her. (laughs) Um, Again, just, just didn't make a lot of sense. the, the uh uh the reunion again was just sort of like yeah okay I mean it kind of worries me for where we're gonna leave off especially because we don't know when this movie is gonna come out and how much stuff is going to come out in between this and the movie it's yeah. it's it I'm afraid that we're going to be left in a very unsatisfied place
2: yeah yes. and I, like to, even to your point about the shin like because I can hear people in the comments saying this like ahsoka being like she's on her own journey of the force I trust that you know like But like again, just saying anything, but like we have so many we have so many moments in here where I think if you know Ahsoka from the series, if you know the Rebels characters, if you love what's been happening, contextually it makes sense. Thrawn does say at the end, sure, like I just wanted to get the cargo loaded. Like Ahsoka lets Shin go away. There's all of these moments where if you want to contextualize it and say, I think this is what it means, and I really like that, it's awesome. But I think the fact of the matter is at this point they need to be giving more stuff and they're not giving it.
1: Yeah, I think that's the overall feeling about this episode. They need to be giving more stuff and they're not giving it. And this section uh, certainly proves that as well. I mean, the Balin and Shin breakup, I'm like, wait, what? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, she's been following him wherever he leads her. We have no idea what their backstory is. We're making it up in our heads as we watch the show. So for him to sudden, and I imagine she has strong abandonment issues, I would imagine. So him just all of a sudden taking off on her and going, you have another path. And you're like we're not even gonna talk about it old man like we're, we're just gonna go uh, that's it you're just making a decision seems pretty convenient for you so it's just there's something because at the last episode he's like i want to train you to be something better than the jedi something gonna mean more and it's like but then but you know you don't seem to want to listen so take care of yourself be well take off i agree with shannon it would have been better if she had said you are hesitating because you're scared you're not but i'm gonna do what you can't do and then she takes off so yeah. and then he could even say the lesson as she's running away on the rapper saying like, you'll you'll see soon that impatience of victory leads to loss and just rides off on his own. And then the battle with Sabine, uh, sorry, the battle with Ahsoka and him could have had a little more resonance to it, could have had a little more weight to it. And yes, he should be more affected that she's still alive. He thought he killed her, and the whole reason all of this is happening is because he didn't kill her, so there should be more of this back and forth between the two of them and letting him off the hook. Why? That seems to be a story point that you want to keep bailing around. You And then letting Shin go. You want to keep Shin around. Because it doesn't make sense logically with how you've established the threat of both of them in the construct of your show. You should absolutely be subduing. If nothing else, take her prisoner so you can find out what's going on, break some of the programming, get some of the information that you need. For all of this and what they know about Thrawn and the establishment, and that's the other part of this. Thrawn and Ezra seem to have no problem talking about each other and hanging out with it. And like, seriously, it's so frustrating how non-upset they are about the fact that they're both in this shitty place that they both seem to want to get out of. Yet both, yet one sent both of them into there. So it just seems kind of odd that there's not more of that going on. I did like the action sequences, but I agree with both of you. The Sabine Ezra stuff felt like I was watching how can I say this correctly to not piss you guys off a, a a young Jedi adventure episode rather than an Andor episode or something a little more mature and adult. I would have liked to have seen something more weightier in their interactions, more angst, more conflict. And especially at the end when Ahsoka shows up, no way when she's been complaining about Sabine and the decision that she made and all this stuff with it, no way does she not call her on the carpet about it. No matter how much the Padawan bond is there, there should still be a battle i agree with you michael there should still be elements of a conflict here amongst the three of them well, that doesn't make you feel easy mm-hmm. about the fact that they're all hugging each other and that last moment with ezra that's i just feel like that's ezra dying like that's saying i'm going to coney island to take betty out for a hot dog in the convertible as soon as we get out of this war boom shot to the head him saying like i can feel like i'm going home it just felt so obvious homie's gonna die but that's my two cents Michael you want to jump if they
2: me? well two things one I mean I think overall from the action of the episode and I think what was lacking and it would have helped a lot to your young Jedi analogy is yeah. like there was no goal like Sabine right, right. has not expressed like I said earlier Sabine has not expressed to Ezra hey we're on a time crunch buddy right the not the right. naughty I think are just going to like their you know their their other their other tribe on the western horizon or whatever like we don't really know where they're going so when all the bad guys show up it's not hey we're trying to prevent you from getting here it's just kind of a skirmish yeah yeah, yeah. whereas if ezra and sabine were like shit all these guys attacked us we've got to get here and then ahsoka shows up and they're like hey ahsoka we got to get here it just would drive everybody to have a little bit more but instead it was like hey let's uh let's duke it out so they're as far as the Ezra thing you goes,
1: from getting there, right? Exactly.
2: As far as the Ezra thing goes, I, if if we have spent an entire season being like, we got to get here. I want to get Ezra. I want to get Ezra. And, and Rebels fans have been waiting for years to see what happened to Ezra, and he shows up, and then he's like, "All right, guys, you guys are more important than me. I'm gonna go." And he like sacrifices himself or dies. I think like people will rebel. Uh, Rebels fans will rebel. <laughs> I rebel. Um, all right. Well, we are run out of time because I know you got
1: to go, Mikey. So we got to get on out of here. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this spoiler review episode of episode seven of Ahsoka. We will obviously be back for the finale. We'll see if we'll go live or not to talk about it. But certainly uh, we I hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoyed uh, our conversation here. And uh, some of you may have different points of views and I'm sure we'll hear from you. But Shannon, what do we have to tell them?
0: Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at
2: the Roca Says. Uh, Mikey. Um, we hope you enjoyed this hour of Star Wars chit-chat with us. And if you <laughs> liked it and want to hear more of it, here's what you can do. You can smash that like button below, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page, leave your comments below. What did you think of this episode? Are we off base? Do we not know our Star Wars? Was it amazing? Were you frustrated? Let us know below in the comments. I am sure that you will. Uh, if you are listening to us on a podcast, go ahead and leave us some comments and stars there so we go up in the rankings and more people can find us. And as always, the best thing you can do is retweet this video, post it on your social, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddy the geek buddies there you go all
1: right y'all take care of yourselves be well get ready for that finale and of course come back and visit us when we have our main show later on this week on the geek buddies take care of yourselves be well we'll talk to you next time with a brand new spoiler review episode here from the geek buddies (gasps) hey